Welcome back to the All About Jesus podcast. Today we got my son-in-law Brian Willis on here, Quentin Hogan, his brother Quentin Willis, and Justin West. Uh, all friends from around the Bethany area. Uh, we all met each other. They've known each other quite a while, but I started meeting them um, through the Man Up Revival and just uh, become really good friends. I'm going to read a scripture here real quick. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the floods came, the fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can, 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 be, par- can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Quentin, will you... Lead us off in prayer. Dear Lord, uh, we just come to you tonight, Lord, just uh, humble and just uh, seeking to speak of you, Lord, uh, just to tell what you've done for all of us and what you are ready and willing to do for anyone out there listening that that just has a burden on their life. And, and Lord, I just ask your anointing over us, so, uh, your Holy Spirit, to just speak through us and, and let us just speak truth and life. Lord, and, and we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Quentin. Yeah, that verse there, we've all uh, was kind of grown up in a church, and uh, our foundation wasn't very strong, and uh, the wind blew us over pretty easy. That verse, uh, me and Jill was kind of singing that kid's song yesterday on the way home from Kirkley, and um, then this morning that come up in a devotion, then I was talking to Willie this afternoon, he brought it up again, so I knew that was the uh, verse for this group here. Um We'll start off, uh, as I kind of changed my life, then uh, I know that, uh, of course, Willis is my uh, son-in-law, Then he started going back to church, and I know the first thing he said is he wanted to get his uh, brother Quentin involved. Um, that was just pretty awesome to see just the love of a, love of a brother that uh, first thing he thought of was, I got to get Quentin back involved and uh, speak to him. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's been at work just ever since I said that. I remember coming to Bible study and... And telling the pastor, you know, how awesome it would be to get his son back on board and, and to get my brother to come in and maybe my mom and dad eventually. And um, the Lord's been gracious, and all all three of those people are coming now, and uh, their kids, you know, are on board and are, are saved, and it's just awesome. Everyone's praying together every night, Lord, and uh, it's just been awesome to see God work. And Yeah, it's really been awesome. Uh when uh, Willis uh, Brian come to you, Quentin, what did you think? Did you kind of receive it, or you kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to get back involved or not? Uh, yeah, I mean, I received it pretty well. I, I it just, uh, it was one of those things that was meant to be. I mean, one of those things that you don't understand why you don't question, you know, or why you. It it was just a God lined up, you know, moment. I mean, I, when when he started speaking to me to. You know, that him and Maggie had been going to church at Kirkley and, and that I ought to come out and try it, you know, that it was, you know, we'd really like it there. And, boy, we, uh, first time we went, you know, I realized he was he was right. You know, the, the people were, you know, glad to see you. And, oh, yeah. And I felt a real connection with Tom, you know, oh, right, yeah. right off the bat, you know, and a real genuineness, you know, that he speaks to you of and, and just a – a real belonging, just, I mean, just a, just a real anointed belonging that you, that I didn't even understand at the time. 
Was you going back pretty strong before Quentin really started going back? Uh, no. No. Uh, I probably started going back maybe a month or two before he did. You know, before he started going back a little, you know, every now and then. Yeah, I know we started going to Kirkley Sun, then we kind of got over in the, the Gilman, and the Lord took us over there, then we went back. I remember seeing Quentin there, as we've talked before, and he was uh, he did help his dad with the baptisms and kind of talked to him. Then, uh, yeah, you guys are the one who took him to the uh, Man Up Revival, the, the first one, and that kind of got him going. Then we all, I don't know if you'd ever, did you ever go back to church, Justin, before you went to your first encounters? No, I hadn't been to church, and, you know, other than off and on for several years. Yeah. Several was, years. Yeah. And I went to appease my wife, really. Yeah. Didn't want to be there. Yeah, I did not want to be there either. Um, yeah, just uh, just such a wonderful deal that uh, they all become such uh, wonderful friends. And a lot of you guys uh, have been friends for, for a long time. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you guys are brothers. And you two, the two Quintons, you're about best friends. Then yeah. you work with uh, Justin, just quite a relationship and all going to the same church and supporting each other. Um, just a pretty awesome deal. I'll tell you the reason I didn't like being at church was the constant conviction of the life I was living. Exactly. Um, not having God in the center of my marriage. And uh, I just look at all the things I was doing and that's why I was miserable at church. There's nothing more miserable than a <laughs> Christians that's backslid, you know? Yeah, that is for sure. And, and then another thing about, talking to my brother about church all we really have to do is just present the opportunity for them to go just mm-hmm. invite them to go but the holy spirit does the rest you don't have to worry about how it's perceived yeah the holy spirit always is the one drawing you know always is the one that that does the work you know you all you have to do is just be obedient and and deliver it you know just deliver the word to yep. the person right then uh Went to the Man Up Revival, then uh, I think uh, you must must come the second one, too. I think that one really touched Quentin Hogan with Justin Buchanan there. Then after that, we all went off to our, that was our first encounters all together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Quentin, he got a ticket kind of given to him by Trenton Troyer, and uh, you had asked him at uh, um, John Deere where he was telling me they didn't really think that uh, you'd asked Justin, but didn't really think you'd go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I we were talking about that on the way down here. He, you know, and we, he was talking about, you know, it, it was just a meant to be, you know, uh, just a, a predestined moment, you know, that he, when I asked, he just immediately said yes, you know, without any hesitation or any, you know, kind of the point where I said, well, you know, what? You, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you are going to go, you know, it a, like it was a surprise, but, it, you know, it was, it was, you know, God obviously knew what was going to happen, you know, before it ever happened. It was What was kind of leading you to even say yes to a question like that? Well, I had been drawn to Quentin because I think he'd went to, uh, was it I Still Do you went oh, to? Oh, yeah. 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 And I remember, you know, kind of making fun of him because he was leaving <laughs> for the weekend and I didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. Well, he came back and he, he wasn't at all the same. And I remember not even knowing what he did, I was drawn to him because he was a you know, a calmer, nicer version of himself, and I, I didn't know what he, what he was into, but I, w- I wanted some of it. So it's kind of a light. It, it was he, yeah, he was just kind of glowing, if that makes sense. I mean, oh, the man. Holy Spirit was moving in him before I even knew what the Holy Spirit was. Man, man. that's a good word. Um, 
So we all went off to encounters. I know Quentin was pretty pretty nervous there. He wasn't going to get to to bunk with us, and mm-hmm. we kind of got him calmed down. And uh, then just the weekend started. I know as soon as Brian stepped in there, I mean, he went to Holy Spirit, rolled over him, got pretty pretty loose, emotional. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, I wanted to give a thousand people a hug. It's just the Holy Spirit come over me, and all you can do is cry and just love on people and. Um, it just takes all the pride and all the, the fleshly ways away. Yep. You gave a lot of them a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, what was the first, uh, really, what was the first uh, testimony down there that really, really got to you? Did you just feel it right off the bat and just start going to the front, or you just... Honestly, I'd talked to somebody about it just to kind of get a gist of how it all goes, and they told me to take advantage of every session. And honestly, I could put myself in every session. Like, God spoke to me in every session. So I didn't not go up front and get on my knees and, and ask, you know, what what can I improve on, God? Because I know that I'm so far gone. I thought. And he would pick me up right then and, and tell me that I'm not. You know, and, and encourage me enough that I could go and encourage somebody else. Just because I had a black lanyard on didn't mean that I couldn't minister to someone else. Right. So you're never you're never done. God's never done with you. And um, it just surprised me down there how many people stood up about the suicide. I mean, it just a flood came over me that this many people, the devil's got oppressed every day. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for us being obedient and maybe doing those silly things that God asked you to do, you know, those people look for those things, and that might be what's ca- carrying them on, you know. And right. um, I just want to encourage everybody to to do those little things that we don't think is is meaningful, but somebody's watching out there. And it might be what carries them on and gives them hope to to see another day. Yeah, good word. What'd you think about it when you got down there, Quentin Hogan? You was seemed like it. You went from pretty nervous to pretty happy to be there pretty mm-hmm. quick. Yeah, I mean, God called me down there for sure. You know, um, through Quentin and Trenton and you and and when I got down there, I just decided I'm I'm already here. I'm going to go open minded and open hearted and and I let him in and man, he filled me up down yeah. there. You know, I. The Holy Spirit hit me down there, and I was at the altar every every session, getting rid of all my demons and my, my garbage, and leaving it there at the cross. And yeah. and I, I ain't been the same ever since. You know, He once you put once you take out all that stuff out of your heart and put in put Jesus in it, mm-hmm. your life never the same. So right. it's just been amazing ever since. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, and there there's something to be said for going up, you know, going up to the altar and laying down your burdens, you know, because it's, you know, the devil gets in your head and he makes it, makes it seem so hard Right. when it's really, it's so easy, you know, uh, you know, Jesus doesn't want you to carry these things around, you know, and he's begging you to put them down and begging you to put your life, you know, just to let him put your life back together. And it, and it's, if you just humble yourself and just lay him down, he will come in and fix your life. Like, I mean, beyond your wildest imagination. That is for sure. You put people around you you you've never even dreamed of being connected to, and and people to spur you on, you know, in, in your walk that you you didn't even know. You right. Know, uh, yep. What do you think? You walked in that building. You had to be kind of like, man, what have I got myself into? You never even asked a question, did you? What was what she's doing? I was overwhelmed at first. <laughs> it was overwhelming. Uh, you know, I kind of told Quentin and maybe both Quentins about it. Uh, even at the event center before we went to Encounter Coves, uh, I kind of compared it to when you walk into a ball game at a, 
you know, at a hometown basketball game, you kind of right. feel the tension. You kind of feel the the judgment. A lot of that's in your own heart. But right. when I walked in there, there was probably a thousand guys there, and yep. I didn't feel any of that. That's the first thing I noticed. Is wow. It was an openness, you know, you could, you didn't feel that judgment. Right. Um, so I was a little harder shell to crack than these guys at, at Encounter. I I was being pretty stubborn, and uh, finally I got to go set in on the singles session with Justin Buchanan, and I share a lot of his same testimony. You know, my wife passed away, and his right. did as well. And that It made up for all of the stubbornness. I mean, he, he cracked me wide open i mean it it that's what really changed my heart is seeing someone else go through it and seeing what jesus could do for them yeah i think that's right i remember standing outside with you and kind of talking about what your wife had wanted you to do with your son when she passed and uh and you kind of wanted to start talking about uh maybe she'd get married to uh jackie now i remember you yeah. asking them questions and oh, yeah. uh so that was really a Really yeah, I failed point. on it for a lot of years, but it's never too late, you know. I mean, no, oh, no, God didn't give up on me, even when I thought He had, He didn't. So. Right. And Jackson, he's got uh, saved here he did. over the winter, and yep. uh, that was really that was really awesome. Nothing better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's uh, got their pretty much got their whole families are all going with him. It's just a pretty special deal up to Kirkley just to see us all up there together, uh, men and women, all the children, um, if the kids are old enough, seem like they've all been getting baptized. Uh, seen a lot of you get baptized. It's the time that, uh, I've been up there. Um, just what a, what a special deal. Um, I'm going to ask you a question here that the Lord had gave me. What do you think your biggest fear or struggle is or what the devil is just telling you that you just can't do? What are you, what are you really just fighting with to maybe encourage somebody else that's going, going through that? Um, mine is, uh, you know, I, I, God's really dealt with me and I, I've laid down a lot of the, of the sin I had in my life. You know, the, the pornography, the, the lust, the temptation, the, you know, and really got into the word a lot more. So I've been, you know, because when I started going, I didn't know if I was saved. I'll, I mean, I, I'll just be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if I was saved. And, you know, God really dealt with me and, and really confirmed that I had been saved, you know, when, when I was a kid, all, you know, but I just had backslidden a long, you know, a long way. And, and really, really, you know, for a long time, I lived with that fear of dying, you know, and, the, and that went totally away, you know, and he really confirmed that for me. But my, my fear now is I've turned from me to I would like to help other people that are, you know, yeah. going through similar things, you know, because we all struggle with things. And and just the fear of not not knowing what to say or what to do at the right time, you know, which which I, I'm, I'm getting past with, you know, just through the Holy Spirit, you know, it, realizing that it will lead you in all the things that you should say or do or – you know, and the fact that it's not really you that's drawing them there; it's the Holy Spirit, and He's got to do the work. You know, you're right. you're just a you're just there to, to encourage and and to pray with them and to you know just help them in any way that you can. 
Yeah, I remember you saying you dealt with some anger issues. That's oh, what yeah. I dealt with a lot of my yeah, no a lot of bars is. I kind of got something with all of you, but just kind of anger issues. Just didn't want to be around anybody. The isolation. The mm -hmm. it's just a, it's something to have all that taken taken oh, from yeah. you. And and it's different for everybody, but boy, he really just took that from me. Yep. I mean, uh, it, it. I mean, there's other things that I've had to work through, you know, that he didn't just take, you know, right. but. But that is really the the I had no love for anybody in my heart, you know. I, I was just mad at the world all the time, and yeah, me too. And boy, he just took that out of me. I mean, I I I just got in prayer and and humbled myself and just begged him to take it from me, and and he just did, you know. And it's not praise come God. back, you know. It's and it's just yeah, praise God for, you know, he's whatever you ask in prayer. I honest to God, I I feel like he will do. Yes. You know, he'll either give you the strength to do it or he'll take it from you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, that anger was, I'll still get mad here, here or there, you know, a little bit, but not that just where it just lasts for so long. So the Lord just, uh, convicts you of it and takes you, takes it from you. Praise God for that. I'd say the biggest lie the enemy tells me is that I'm not good enough or pure enough to, to do God's work, you know, pray with people and, and, and so I got to really think about that. I'm not going to be perfect. I'm still in my flesh, you know, but, but God, I can do, I can bring people to God by telling them about him, you know, kind of like Quentin was saying. And, uh, you know, another thing is like, I'm trying to hack the sin away in my life so I can get mm -hmm. more pure. And, and that's been a long road, you know, cause I'm not perfect. And, but like he said, there's sometimes God just takes it from you. You know, I've had, I've had addictions, for years, you know, 15 years I've had addictions, and he just took them, you know, I didn't even really have to ask him for that, and then, you know, I've had lust, problem with lust, and um, I've really had to work on that, you know, mm -hmm. and get in prayer with him, and yes, and stay with that one, because, uh, man, my flesh still wants to go back to the old ways, and, but uh, it's, it's just God is good, you know, you know, just stay in prayer with him, and he won't ever let you down, so um, I feel like I've I'm getting better at everything, you know, and, and as I walk closer with him and seek seek a close relationship with him, all that other stuff comes easier, you know. Yep. I get more divine appointments, and, and he uses me more. Yep. And um, it just feels good knowing that, that the enemy's not right, that you're not, per you know, you don't have to be perfect. God will still use you. Right, so. yeah, sometimes we might not know all the scripture, but, you know, we have our testimony. We know what God did for us. There's right. not much better... Uh, proof than that that's, that's for sure that's another thing is i'm really trying to dive into the bible because you know i haven't done that for a lot you know a lot of my years i never really got into it too much but now that i've been transformed and i'm and he's using me you know it's like you about need to know some scripture so i've really been diving into my bible and and trying to learn it and i've been asking him to help me retain it you know yeah. and and so i can you know minister to people better you know because i mean god's word is that's our what we need you know yep so yeah you just got to keep praying that uh you know you just have the desire to read the bible and be able to comprehend and be able to remember it it's just something that uh and you yeah that's the key word you got to ask for it you gotta yeah. you gotta pray and ask for it because i didn't have that desire for you know to read the bible either but boy now i do i i really enjoy reading it you know yeah. and i really really get into it and really re, you know retain it but i it was really hard before I realized that you need to pray and ask him for that. 
you know, to to read his word for for it to apply to your life, you know, and, and to retain it, you know. Yeah, it's sometimes you just start reading the Bible and it's like it just don't make a lot of sense, but then yeah. you just kind of like, man, this is not working. Then you just pray the Holy Spirit to kind of open up your eyes and all of a sudden it just, uh, mm-hmm. some scripture will start popping out. I can't remember everything I read every day, but I'll get a scripture or two that I can, uh, really means a lot to me. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, for the longest time, the devil just held over me that I was a burden to God. Any Anything... I, I shouldn't be in prayer all the time asking him all these things that somebody else surely has something worse than what I'm going through to just keep quiet about it. And that's where I was 100% wrong because then we just uh, live in that sin. We just uh, hold on to it because uh, somebody else is going through something worse, and that's just not the case. He wants you to bring everything to him, and he knows our heart before we even ask for things. It, it's just the obedience of coming to him in prayer. And um, another thing the devil had held over me just up until recently was being afraid to die and and not knowing where I was going to go after. I mean, that's that's been something I've had since a kid. Um, I remember just sitting at the in the cafeteria and just so much noise around me, all kids being loud like they always are. And um, But it was just me one-on-one with that voice in my head, but it wasn't it wasn't God. It wasn't that still, small voice. And I remember the devil just saying, you can, you can be the most popular kid in school if you'll just follow me. Like, if you'll just bow down to me. And for a young kid, I just, I don't remember what I did there. I was so young, and I don't remember my my um, past as blurry then, but the devil's always hung that over my head that I can't be saved, you know, and I can't be a Christian. I can't go to heaven because i done that back then. But then I see the Spirit working through me in so many cases where it wasn't me talking to people. It was uh, clearly the Spirit just overtaking me because I, I sound like a blumbling fool, you know, if it's just me trying to talk to somebody I don't know. So that's just clarification. Um, the Spirit and the devil can't live in the same temple, and this is God's temple. And um, I just continually want to just encourage people to not listen to that voice and just to listen to that small voice in your head that, you know, if you've got a question whether it's right or not, it's probably not from God. Um I struggled with that daily on having discernment on on where is this coming from? Is this just in my head? And um, if you think about it, and it's sometimes it seems far fetched, you know, it's, that's nothing I can do. Well, sometimes that's because God needs to help you to do it. We can't do it on our own. It, it's through His power that we can be able to do any of it. And um, I don't know, kind of got really deep good. there. Really good. <laughs> I got a question for you. But I'm going to have uh, Justin. Answer what his struggle is here. The biggest thing I struggled with, you know, I'm a new Christian per se, um, mm-hmm. and I'm getting better as time goes on, but I've really struggled with the boldness to feel comfortable to to go to people that I know need to know Jesus, you know. I, and it's kind of a weird situation for me because I don't, I don't really care about what people think of me, and I don't, I'm not a worrier. I don't worry about anything, but it's – it's kind of like, uh, kind of like politics in a way. Not to compare the two, but it's a touchy subject with a lot of people, you know. And I, I've struggled to go to people that I know need it. Yeah, struggled with the boldness, you know, to to do it. If that makes sense. Yes, makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think a lot of it leads back to what Quentin was talking about, just knowing the scriptures. Sometimes you're speaking to somebody, and the devil tells you, "Well, you're just not going to know enough to be able to." answer them questions that uh, they need to know so that's why 
we really need to be in the Bible so we have that faith and belief and uh, mm-hmm. just reassurance that knowing we're going. So, yeah, yeah it's a very... And like I said, I, it is really new to me, and I, I am reading the Bible, but I'm I'm kind of at the stage Quentin was talking about to where if I do it by myself, I don't retain it as well as I do like a Bible study on Wednesday nights. It's really powerful for me there, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm getting better all the time. But I think it's just... Uh, it's just a journey, you know, and I, I, it'll continue to, I think, continue to be great. Oh, yeah. Now, I retain it more if I'm just sitting here by myself than I do at the Bible studies. Yeah. But sometimes that's the opposite of some other people. Uh, back to, he's up there at Kirkley the other day giving a testimony. He had a dream of back when you was eight years old, then it was kind of revealed to you here lately. Will you, uh, will you tell us it, tell the podcast yeah, world just, that again? I'm having a lot of deja vu here recently, and I've I've already been here. Like, I just remember Cooper walking around the dog. And this is, like, part of my dream that I just know something big's going to happen soon. I just – I don't remember as this vision is going going on, like, it's day by day. I'd already been at 10th Street at, at Ron Ratliff's church and sitting there, and, and I don't remember the message, but I know I was there. Like, it's just step by step I can remember this dream coming to life. And it all started – it all started back whenever I was eight, and I just, it it was almost a nightmare to me, and and I just remember um, dying, I suppose, and and I was in line, and uh, it was almost like you could choose the beast or you could choose, you know, you could choose this uh, worldly creature, or you could choose God, and and I didn't choose the world, and I got executed right there, and I remember my kids being used in that as leverage to get me to try to choose what was in the world. And that's going to be tough for a lot of people. And it's, and it's pretty graphic. And, um, I just remember standing at what I thought was the pearly gates, uh, just great big doors. And, um, I don't remember it being open at all. I just remember standing there and I'm like, man, how do you get in here? I didn't think it, you know, I didn't think it'd be locked for me. And I just remember saying Jesus, Jesus Christ, like Jesus name. And that was open just that quick. And I go in and um, I remember the first person I met, and and it's just, this has just been revealed to me within the last month, that it was my mom's sister that had passed away before I was even born, and she called me by name. And I just remember she was beautiful. I just remember, I don't know, I just, I knew her, though, and I'd never met her in my life. And, um, but I also remember shortly after uh, being being at the courtroom, and I don't know that it was the white throne judgment. I don't know what it was. It was I was standing in the courtroom, and it was almost like on a projector, all these sins that, that I didn't even know I was going to commit, but I have. In between that young boy and now, I've committed all those things that I was seeing at that age. And um, I, just, I just remember being embarrassed because all your loved ones are in the crowd and uh, having to watch this. And I was wondering, why am I having all these things, you know? But it's it's just to show if I hadn't chose Christ, what it was going to look like. Because shortly after, I got thrown into hell. I got the tour of hell that everyone talks about, the nasty, the, the smell of death, just the everlasting, like never-ending torment, uh, no rest, just uh, just terrible. Did you and, see anybody down there or just? Yeah, but I don't I don't remember who or what. It's That's not came clear to me yet. I just remember it was a terrible, just a nightmare for an eight-year-old to go through. And... Um, just every day as the time gets near, I know I know that his his return is near because it's deja vu. It's something every other day to me. Like I'd already been here, I'd already been to 10th Street, um, I'd already 
like just this last weekend, I, I remember looking at Tom and I remember that uh, big arch thing that's in there now and that, that you just came along in the last week in Kirkley Church. And that, it's just uh, awesome, but yet it's scary as well just because I know several of my family members aren't saved. You know, I can think of my Uncle Mike and uh, just my Uncle Steve, and you just don't know where your friends and family stand, and that makes it that much more urgent and scary. One question. I No, I asked the question, but this is, you had this dream when you was eight years old, mm-hmm. and now it's starting to be revealed to you. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's real life. <laughs> and something was at MoDOT, too. You said you... I was in the parking lot of MoDOT, and I remember remember one of my coworkers that I work with right now, something happened in MoDOT parking lot, and I don't remember what it was, but it's it's almost like the rapture, the, you know, the, I it just seem, I don't know yet, we're not there yet, but, but I am at MoDOT now, and I didn't know that I would end up at this place, but I know it's in MoDOT parking lot, and I'm just at work, and it's soon, so, I sound crazy, but it's, that's a, it's super real to me. Yeah, that's quite a gift, it'd be, yeah. great God. Bryson, he's kind of like that too, and he's had a lot of visions and things he's seen. Well, and another another part of this whole thing, it started out with seeing a man in the mirror, and and that man I didn't recognize, and the reason I didn't recognize him because it was thirty one year old me. It's it's me now, me with a beard, me aged. Give <laughs> me cold And <laughs> it wasn't the bathroom of the house that I was living in. That's why it didn't make sense to me. It's the house where me and Maggie live right now. <laughs> well, I, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I just, it's real. It's good stuff. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. I mean, it reveals things that can't be known. I just want everyone to be prepared because it's near. Yeah. I didn't know Bryson. I didn't know Baron, but I know they're in this dream. Mm. Wow. My my two kids. Now, probably when you was eight, though, it felt kind of like a nightmare. Yeah, very and much. And now it's kind of like. Very much like a nightmare, and I couldn't have told my mom because um, here is, as a parent, my son has dreams. And don't write them off. Kids have dreams. God uses kids because they're so much more pure than us as adults. Yep. Um, don't write that off. I mean, my son is so spiritual, and I wrote that. I was like, oh, he's just three. Yeah, they're just three, but God speaks to them so much more easy because they just don't have anything in the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're clean vessels. There's no wedges between them and God. Yeah, yeah Quentin, he's got some uh, uh, youth stories that are pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, last weekend we went down to, uh, or last week we went down to the kids encounter, encounter uh, for the kids camp, and it was third grade through sixth grade, and and man, that last night it was an awesome week. We had, everybody had a good time, and that last night we were there in the chapel, and they get they did a sermon on the, the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Holy Spirit and healings and baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, and they explained to the kids how you can, you know, still get we can still do healings and stuff today. You know, we can still do Jesus's ministry today because of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and and man, we had some kids come up and wanting healed, and and I believe they received it that night, and uh, kids asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then the next thing you know, uh, and the, every every kid in the building I think is up there on the floor crying and hugging each other, and and uh, and God just poured His Spirit and His glory out all over those kids up there at the stage, and uh, man, the Holy Spirit was was real strong and uh and uh and it was amazing it was just amazing to see and God came I kind of went back to the cabin that night and just you know in awe and just giving God the glory and the praise and he kind of gave me this vision that the reason the kids that he done you know the reason that that happened and stuff is because 
for 30 minutes there where them kids were hugging each other that they didn't even know each other, crying with each other, loving on each other because they loved each other more than they loved themselves mm. for 30 minutes. And that's, that's what we're supposed to be like, you know? Right. And he's like, this is how it should be. But we're, you know, adults have so much sin and wedges and, you know, between us and him and, and between us and other adults that we can't get into that state. You know, we can't be that pure and, and that innocent. And I and remember it, the story, right? It was um, a girl had went up there and went up there, then come back. Yeah, but this she, next time she come back up there, she confessed her sins, just like what uh, Tom was preaching about the other day. And after she confessed her sins, then I think uh, the ball really started that's rolling. That's when it happened. She came up wanting healed, and we prayed with her for healing, and then she came right back, didn't even make it to her seat, and she came back wanting to rededicate her life to Jesus. And, boy, it wasn't very – I mean, a couple seconds after that, she had some major conviction, Holy Spirit conviction come over, and she was – asking for forgiveness for all of her friends that was there with her for, and, uh, that's when God just, the glory filled the room and, and, uh, Holy Spirit started moving through everybody in there. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And I, I know there was some confirmed healings that night. And, uh, there was testimonies later about kids that had heard God's voice and felt him holding their hands. And it was just, just an amazing night. Uh, I'm so glad I got to be a part of it and I'm glad my kids were a part of it. Um, uh, I was hearing about it, of course, from you. Then I heard about it from people that wasn't even, you know, they wouldn't even know it that come from these Kirkley kids that started it. And I think a lot of it was just seeing uh, us um, doing things like that at the church. And they just kind of um, see things like that can happen where a lot of churches, there's just no movement. There's no, no altar work. And kids have no idea that kind of stuff would even happen when you see your parents do it and be the examples. And that's what can lead to... Yeah, lead see, down that road. When she came up for healing, there was already five, six Kirkley kids up there with their hands on her, you know, praying in, in agreements with me. So, I mean, they that's powerful. You know, when you got kids with a childlike faith like that, with their hands on somebody else, you're getting something's going to happen. God's going to move. So, um, and I know, like your son uh, Thomas, he was Maggie was showing him some, you know, how to. They was working on praying, and he wanted to know if he could lay hands on people at the altar or that was just for the grown-ups and Maggie said to do it and he was standing there the other day and I just kind of grabbed him just put his hand right on him you know that you know I've just seen a lot of kids and heard a lot of kids that do a lot of healing through them just because of their just that childlike belief and faith yeah well and that that really speaks to me you know we're seeing now what I wish everyone would have seen whenever we were young you know that's it's you know how the the we restrict Jesus and God and His power to what we think He can do you know or, or what but I mean these kids they're seeing it firsthand they're 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 witnessing you know a, a church that is unrestricted in the spirit you know and and sees people laying hands on other people and praying over other people and getting on their knees and and just all the gifts. The spirit, you know, and, and it just opens, it opens them up at a, such an earlier age to where, I mean, if if they carry on into their older years, there's no telling what, what they, you know, what might happen. You know, we like me and my brother, you know, we grew up going to a, a Baptist church, you know, and you would just, you didn't see very many people come to the altar, and you didn't see people lay their hands on other people and pray over them, and it's just. 
it's a very important part, and it's just, I mean, it, it, if you if you want to be healed and you you want change, you've got to come to the altar and humble yourself and be willing to open yourself up to That's ideas right. that you're not used to. You know, I know in the church that we grew up, I remember some people going to the altar, but. Um, it was just kind of not looked down upon, but everybody kind of wondered what was going on with them instead of just, you know, it doesn't hurt to go to the altar and just praise the Lord, but uh, it's, it would be pretty, pretty, it would have been pretty awesome to be able to see people go forward and people praying over for healing, there's no doubt. I remember Justin had called my uncle Ronnie, who had prayed over me for healing for my cancer, and then he called me and went up and prayed for your uh, mother, just out of childlike faith that would work, and yeah. uh, that was... Uh, that was a great opportunity. Yeah, and like Quentin said, you know, uh, if I would have saw some of that growing up, I think it would have strengthened my faith, uh, kept me more interested in going to church. Because, uh, and you know, looking back now, I think a lot of it was in my own heart. But the churches that I went to was just pretty. Uh, there was basically an itinerary schedule every Sunday. You knew exactly what was going to happen, and it was easy for me to lose interest in that and I, I soon found myself you know taking my son with me I wanted to go fishing or go hunting or I could think of anything rather than go to that because it was so structured and mm-hmm. um, basically the the elders in the churches were were operating it but, and like I said a lot of it was my own heart too I could have been more involved but I, I chose not to you know and you know like Quentin Hogan's niece I believe is She's on the praise and worship team, and I don't know if she's – is she 10 or 11, Quentin? 12? I think she's 9. I mean, that's that's amazing to see at church because, I mean, you know, you don't you don't even see adults with their hands up in the air, and she's up there singing and worshiping at 9 years old. That's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, she laying gets, hands, praying, on, praying yeah. over people. Yeah. I mean, it's, what, it's the way it's meant to be. That girl's got Jesus in her heart at a young age. That's something that's awesome. special. Um, that's something that she can take with her. Forever, you know. Yeah. On, I'll tell you, whenever we went to encounter, I had never lifted my hands during worship. Just, we talk about that, just that Baptist church and everything else, and I'd been to several churches, but never had I raised my hands, never had I worshiped the way that it was meant to be, that what God really wants us to be. Um, and it's so freeing when you when you raise those hands and you look around and those are others, you know, and it's just, uh, maybe you're an encouragement to somebody that's never done it too. But, um what went through my head at Encounter is um, if I can't raise my hand for one song, he's had his hand on my life for 30 years. Surely I can raise my arms and praise him for one song or, or every song. You know, we owe our life to him because where would we be without him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I never raised my hands at all. You know, never worshipped before I went to Encounter and then, I don't know, eased into it a little bit at a time. And, and uh, man, now my hands are up all the time praising him, you know. It's like I can't get enough of praising him for what he's done. Yeah, the first time I did it, remember at Gilman, I kind of, Jill would do it a little bit, and I kind of raised him, and then all of a sudden, them suckers, I thought they was going to go fly up through the ceiling. <laughs> like, wow, the Lord just raised them things up. Yeah. And it's just like, after Long. that, I'm I'm like Brock Wine. I like to get jiggy when yeah. they get the worship music <laughs> going. Uh, yep. That's my favorite part to where um, it's just be hard to go to some of these churches that won't let you uh, listen to this new uh worship music and get into the spirit i think it'd be hard to even uh even hard to preach after you know two or three old 
hymn songs. I mean, they're good, but uh, this is a new age. Yeah, and then the worship songs have an anointing. I mean, they're from God. They're from the Spirit. Oh man, they've been written and prayed over, and and so the Spirit gets to moving when you get them songs going and get your hands in the air and get people, oh you yeah, know, involved and engaged in in what's going on. People, the Spirit starts turning. You know, oh, and they're they're anointed a lot of. A lot of the verses in them are straight out of the Bible. Oh, you oh, know, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, a lot of them. And and boy, I mean, once you let loose, you realize how how pure and true they are. You know, and and they really get your, the spirit moving. You know, and my dad, he kind of gave a testimony a couple weeks ago over at Tenth Street and said you ought to be able to worship to any song. It's really it's in your heart, and that's true. That's true. But you know, sometimes these people who are picking the songs. Do we really know that God told them to pick the songs or just something they've thought of? So that's really not uh, really led by the Spirit either. So I think that uh, the song leaders need to be sure that the songs are picked out by the Lord. And I just know that I've done it too. You pick out a worship song you like listening to in the car, then you put it on, you know, and you're ready to worship with it. Like, man, that's not what I thought it was going to be too. So it's not, not an easy job by any means. Um, after encounters and, uh, um, you know, changing our lives, we've all had to come home and kind of confess some stuff to our wives, and uh, that was a tough little ball game. Um, let's start around here and uh, kind of go around and see how that, uh, how that went. We'll start here with Justin. You know, to be honest, I kind of am blessed in that aspect. Uh, and it might be one of the good things that came from my wife passing. Uh, me and my fiancé, you know, honestly, we didn't have any secrets. It was uh, oh, praise God. just a freeing feeling, honestly. That's part of the reason I fell in love with her because, I mean, it's uh, – I, I can trust her, and, you know, she's super open to me too. We just didn't have any secrets. Um, Good. All of my confessions and encounter, you know, were from past, you know, previous things that I did wrong in my, in my first marriage, you know, and uh, things we both did wrong, the way we led our kids uh, – we both loved our kids unconditionally, but looking back now, we we could have done more spiritually for them by far. So, but no, I did, I lucked out. You guys got the short end there. I I didn't have to come home and tell any secrets. Yeah, I just wanted to say I was really proud of you. Just with uh, your first wife, I'd never met her, but she had a couple daughters. You raised yeah. them. Yep. Then uh, now Jackie's got a boy that uh, works with. Uh, me sometimes really yeah. great kid and just raising him like your own. Just uh, he's blessed to have you because yeah. you know. He's, just awesome he's, father. he's just like I was. He's kind of a pill sometimes, but you know, I think, I think that's just part of learning. You know, I mean, you yep. gotta. I don't expect him to be perfect, but yep, it has been a good walk uh, to have good Christian like guys help me through it because I'm kind of old school, you know, when it comes to discipline, and that's not always right. Yep, that's not always right. That's why I call you so much. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> not the guy to call. <laughs> When did you start having to confess to? Well, mine started uh, before at, at I still do because they oh yeah they ask you you know to confess something to your spouse. I mean in the in the middle of the service, you know that was part of it. And, oh crap! And so <laughs> I did, and it was something you know it, it was uh, it was that I had a you know a, a addiction to pornography. You know at the uh, that that. Praise God, he'd already brought me through before that point. Mm-hmm. But she, I had never spoke a word to her. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, 
I, in my mind, she knew nothing of it, you know, and, and I was, and I was plenty happy to keep it that way, you know, and, yeah. but, uh, I, I, the spirit just led me to tell her that and I did and boy, it, uh, she took it amazingly well. I mean, she already knew all about it. You know, I, I, I had no idea, you know, and, uh, she really was understanding. And I mean, I, I honestly, I was harder on me than than she was on me, you know, uh, and she was really open-minded and really encouraging, you know, and, and thank God, God, God had already taken it from me before we, mm-hmm. we had went to, I still do, because I had really, he had been convicting of me of it, you know, probably a year, six months before that, you mm-hmm. know, of, of how wrong and, and unpure that was. And I had really, I'd really prayed and asked him to take me out of it, you know, and, yeah. and he really did. I mean, he, he, he just took it from me and I really had no desire to ever go back, you know, ever look at it again. Yeah. It's looking at porn. Don't seem like the addiction of smoking heroin, but I mean, it's just a terrible addiction oh, that just uh, really it's damaging to your own mind and your own, and it's really damaging to your wife. It's uh right. It's worse on them than it is on you, I think. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not good either way, but it's it's definitely hard on them because it causes, you know, self-image problems. Right. It causes, you know, just all kinds of, of torment for them that they really had. No, I mean, she had nothing to do with it. She, she didn't cause any of it, you right. know. It was nothing she did. You yeah, know. it's a very damaging addiction that uh, some people kind of blow off. It's just not that big a deal, but it's... Uh, it's it's terrible. Am I up? Yep. Okay, so when I came home, I had to uh, come home. Oh, you home. had a lot of them. I had, I had some. <laughs> I left a lot at the altar um, down there. And, uh, man, I had to come home. I forgive my mom, you know, and gave her a hug and told her I loved her, and that's something I'd never done. And, and I came home and, you know, tried to fix the relationships that I wasn't, you know, asked for forgiveness to my little brother for not being a great big brother to him, you know, I wasn't a great uh, example for him when I was, you right. know, doing drugs and partying and all that. So, but when I had, to, I had to come home and tell my wife that I wasn't faithful to her and, and, uh, that was pretty tough, you know, mm-hmm. that was real tough and, but I knew it had to be done and, and she didn't take it too well right off the bat, but I got to tell you, God is amazing what he can do That's right. when you're obedient and you give your life to him. Um, I came home telling my wife this and, and next thing you know, we're going to I Still Do, um, working on our marriage. He saves our marriage. You know, we're happier than ever. Our kids, you know, go to ch- are getting in on this. They're worshiping and praying together at home. We pray together at home. We've never done that before. Now the mm. kids argue over who gets to pray at dinner and who gets to pray at bed because oh wow, that's something they've just never I've never put that I should have been doing years ago and I never had. Yeah. So, but it's just amazing to see how God's just really. Flip, flipped everything around once I gave him, yeah. you know, once I truly committed to him. It's just amazing. It's just amazing, you know. That's something you, I thought, you know, I could come home and be divorced and not have my kids. Next thing you know, our, you know, we're all going to church more. We're all praying together more. We're worshiping the Lord together, and it's just amazing. Yeah, it's something you have to note and encourage other men that it's very important to get everything out there. Then all of a sudden there's just no to that lies. Nothing can pop back up that... uh You'd done this or that, and uh, 
But whatever side it is, a woman, I'm sure she's had to come home and tell men stuff, and us men's had to go home and tell our wives stuff. They just don't get over it uh, overnight. I mean, we kind of throw it out there, then just kind of move on. Even Jill said, you guys come home and counter and tell us this stuff and crap, then you just walk away and think it's no big deal. But them <laughs> scars are deep, and it just takes a just takes a while for them to heal. You just have to have some real patience and uh, prayer. Um, prayer and just uh, some real gentleness, I think, that – and sometimes I'm sure um, we've all kind of the wives will bring up something and you've kind of moved on from it. And um, it is, just, it really sucks the life out of you, but it's really, really makes you grow and get more uh, faith and really understand what they're, what they're going through. So I kind of double dipped here <laughs> on the, on the half and the confess. So this is going to be a deep one probably. Um, <laughs> We we started at the I still do. Uh, my brother and I went to go get a baler, and and we had no clue of what the weekend would entail. The women had already planned this out for us, and we ended up at the I still do with a thousand people around us. But it wasn't a thousand people like at Arrowhead. It was a thousand people that are there to worship God, and and it was just a stillness. It was like Justin says, there was no condemnation, there was no nothing, and we were speaking of things that weren't what we talk about every day. It was pornography. It was. Uh, just immorality it was everything that you don't want to talk about got spoke about that weekend and it kind of broke the ice for me because I'm sitting there and I'm getting pretty fidgety my my seat's on fire and I don't want to let Maggie know what's up and um and I had to uh God doesn't mess around and and let you live in that that lie that you want to tell yourself that it's okay to keep doing it um I had to confess to her about the pornography and and I had it for a long, long time, and I thought I'd bring it into our marriage. And uh, that's that just evolved into um, us not having the love for each other that, that God intended. And um, so I confessed that. And I remember just the whole weekend, we didn't never did go forward to the altar. I just thought, man, you've really got your life messed up if you got to go to the altar. And uh, that was just the old uh, lie of the devil. And we left that place and almost didn't pray with somebody, and the whole place is lined with servers wanting to pray with you. And I walked out, and I remember Maggie, I, I just looked at her, and I said, do you want to pray with somebody? And she said, well, why else? You know, yeah, I do. So <laughs> we went right back in, and it was basically just uh, to get her off my back, and I'm so glad we went back in. And she said, well, who do you want to pray with? And I thought, oh, there's thousands of people, you know. And I knew exactly who I wanted to pray with, and we went straight to this couple, and we're praying with them, and every struggle that we thought we just had that was just ours that we had lost a kid together. We, you know, struggled with pornography. We'd struggled with this, that, and the other. And they had the exact same, exact same. And a wonderful prayer. And that was kind of the first time praying out loud with someone else, which was an icebreaker. And uh, I just remembered looking down at that guy's belt buckle and it said Hickory Hills Arena. And I, that's my first job. I, I worked for worked for that guy that ran that arena and mm. we're five hours or six hours away. And that's whenever God really confirmed to me, you know, like that he was moving, that he was working in my life, if I would just uh, answer the call. So uh, from that point on, we go to Encounter, and I'm sitting down there, and one of the sessions, like I said, I just want to take advantage of every one of them. Well, all the people, Quentin Hogan, uh, Justin West, uh, everyone had went up front, and here me and my brother are sitting by ourselves. And I just remember sitting there, and I remember him grabbing my hand, which was unusual. We're six years different in age and he really didn't like me most of my life. I didn't feel like, you know, and here he is grabbing my hands. So I thought I was going to get beat like on. But anyway, he's, he looks at me just uh, tears in his eyes and he said, 
I'm sorry for not being the brother that, that I should have been to you. Just that age difference, you know, left that gap, and, and there was no love there in his heart, and we were just, uh, God had just uh, opened that void up just to be healed, you know, and just as soon as he looked at me like that, God just revealed to me what what I had kept inside for a long, long time, uh, 13 years, or I, I don't even remember it, a long time, and I looked at him, and I knew what I had to tell him, and I said, I don't want to tell you, and he said, you've got to, and I said, I don't want to, and... um I did. I told him, and I said, I've not told anyone this. And uh, it had been that I had got molested as a kid, younger, and um, I hadn't told nobody. It just, uh, the devil wants to put that over your head and and make you feel embarrassed. And uh, I just seen rage come over his eyes, just a fire was lit inside of him. And I said, you've got to stop because you've got to realize that God's gave me peace about this, that I didn't even tell him who it was. I don't want to incite any rage, but I've got a peace that no one can understand over this. I have no uh, unforgiveness towards this guy. It's it's part of the past, and hopefully I can minister to somebody going forward that's been through this and maybe open the door to that, the healing process there. And it's just, uh, so I had to come back and I had to confess that to Maggie. And Maggie was really looking for me to really uh, just dump my chest of, bad stuff all over and she wasn't expecting that and it it really threw her for a loop honestly and I I had to apologize for not uh, loving her through uh, our child loss like she needed you know women are not like men as far as emotions go we've lost a child and and that's tough and they don't get over it uh just uh the next week you know and I didn't either but I showed my emotions different and um, God just revealed to me how to how to love her and help her heal through that um, I had lost a child whenever I was younger, so I, in a sense, had already went through that, and God walked me through that earlier in life, and and it was Maggie's, you know, it was fresh to her. It, mm. It's no excuse, but but God wanted to uh, me to backtrack and to help her get through that and to heal us both on mm. the same page. That's good. So that's I like that. That was really good. When he told you that, Quentin, what did uh, just. Uh, complete rage come over you just i mean i've had people tell me stuff like that it's just a very uh yeah uh yeah it's it just what he said uh i mean the spirit was really really on on us hard you know and, and i it just led me to tell him you know that that i'd been a terrible brother to him and that i'd never shown him anything but bad you know i'd never shown him the way to walk, you know, right. the, you know, been a friend to him, been a brother to him. Well, so that, that happened. He turned and he told me that he'd been molested. And I mean, yeah, for a second, right. I mean, rage <laughs> came over me. Oh, like, I bet. Uh, and, and, but it left, you know, he told me that he was, you know, that he'd already forgiven him and, and that there was a peace in him and it just went away that quick. You yeah. know, uh, as soon as he said that, it was it was gone. You know, and uh, and I knew that that was true. You know, that uh, that's just that's something the Holy Spirit can do. You know, it can really put a peace yeah. over you that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it 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 really it was really confirming. You know that that God was really at work. You know yeah. that that. You know, it led us to tell each other those things, and it just, uh, you know, as soon as you have a uh, just a bad human, you know, uh, emotion, you know, it can, it 
you know, God can take it away from you in a blink of an eye, you know, and, and just bring about a peace right. that, that is just beyond understanding. I know back like when your uh, wife had passed away, I'm sure there had to be some anger. Absolutely. Sure, first involved in that, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not proud of it. I've gave my testimony at Kirkley, and I, I was mad at God. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that's part of the reason I didn't take my kids to church, you know. I, I'd been battled with death and suicide, you know, throughout my whole childhood, and I, I was mad at him. And uh, looking back now, I think he did all of those things in my life so I could help someone else. And right. I'm, you know, I'm thinking probably my kids are number one to, to lead them to God, but I know there's going to be a lot more along the way, you know, and I think it's made me a stronger person. Right. Um, I think it's actually grown my love for him even stronger than it would have been before, probably. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, I kind of say that lightheartedly because, I, I, like I said, I'm new and I don't know, but if it continues the way it is, I believe that. Yes. I've asked him a few times, you know, had had that not have happened, you know, had, had that had his wife not have passed away and everything in his life not have happened, you know, would would you be where you're at? Would you be where you're at in your walk with Christ? And and you know, he's he's told me, you know, definitely not. You know, so right, God can definitely turn bad things to to good, you know, uh, for the ones who love Him. So. There's some people out there, I'm sure, stub a toe and uh, call out to the Lord, and all of a sudden they're radically saved. But, I mean, it took, you know, cancer for myself. It took uh, death. It took uh, all kinds of things. Almost divorce. Yep. Me and Quentin talked about it a while back, and, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to know the answer to this, but I kind of wondered for a while it was hard for me because I wondered if my wife's death wasn't punishment for what I had done wrong. But I've kind of came to the acceptance of that, and I think it's, uh, I think it's good for my kids. Hmm. Horrible for them in one aspect, but good in the other. You know, we became closer. You know, me and my daughters have, you know, they're at college now, and I don't, I don't get to see them much, but mm-hmm. we're closer now than we ever were, and I, we had to be. You know, we they helped me more than I helped them through it. But when your wife had passed away, obviously you wasn't going to church then. How did you? Yeah. How did you get through it? Just go into. By God's grace, didn't even know it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I did. You know, looking back now, I, I don't even know if I knew what I was doing at that time. It was kind of a numb, numb feeling. Was it something that just happened, or it kind of you knew it was? Uh, going she'd to had happen? she'd had cancer. Uh, really, for five years, uh, she was cancer free for five years, and then it came back, um, and then I think three or four months probably, um, it came back again with a vengeance, you know. And So, no, I mean, it happened really quickly the third time. Uh, we really thought we were in the, in the clear, you know, and uh, God had other plans. Um, I forgot my question. Well, she, she was a Christian lady, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Strong Christian lady. She was. Uh, that dream you said you kept having about uh, after she had passed is just then all of a sudden just I think it was after yeah. Jackson got saved it just it, it changed. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, it I I called it a nightmare and it was it would uh, quite a while you know for about every month I would have a dream that uh, 
he was chasing the hearse out of my driveway mm. and yelling and crying out for his mom. And I mean, he did that the day she passed away. And uh, I had this nightmare and, uh, the hearse would never stop, you know, and, uh, after we started going to church and he was saved, uh, I continued to have it for a few months. And then, uh, right after he was saved, I had the same exact dream, except at the end, you know, his, the hearse stopped and in my dream, his mom was sitting there holding him, you know, and, uh, mm. I just think that's affirmation that she's happy with where he's at. Praise God. You know? Praise God. Now maybe just met. They're both saved, and now he's um, after he got saved. Now he's he caught up with her. I agree. That's all because you know that's all happened because you took the steps and went to encounter and and found the Lord and and changed your life around. And it's a ripple effect. You know your kids see you going to church and going to the altar and and humbling yourself to God, and then that's what he did. He went forward and gave his life to Jesus and. And, you know, it's just it's amazing what, if a man would change what he's doing and put God first in his home, it's just, I mean, we have testimony after testimony of families that have been, you restored. know, just changed, just restored and changed. And, yep. and and it's just amazing, you know, what God's doing. I mean. <laughs> it's just maybe the wife was Christian, but obviously, like a lot of us, the wives go to church, but us men don't want to go, but uh, maybe just. Maybe to never win if that didn't happen, then Jackson maybe would have never started going because the after you get to a certain age, then kids just don't want to go unless their spiritual leader is doing what they're yeah. what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're gonna come back. Uh, the man up's gonna start pretty quick. We all have a had a big part in that. We've all enjoyed it. Uh, uh, it's been such an awesome deal. I think we're just gonna kind of change the format up this year. Just kind of going to more of just. Um, regular people speaking, maybe even change the night of it, uh, just uh, different men bringing the word, more men uh, stepping up and giving the testimonies. Um, I just think that uh, when you stand up and give your testimony, it just gives you just a real confidence. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's important. Anybody out there that, that – and we all have testimonies. That's that's the devil used to used to really – put that on me that I didn't have one, you know, that, that I didn't have an addiction story that is powerful, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't, but you know, if God comes in and radically changes your life, you have a testimony. Right. And, and you should be given it, you know, because it, it's not only important in your walk with Christ, it's important to get your, get that out there so that others can see that you have the same problems. Yep. And that Jesus is just as willing to save them as he saved you. Right. You know, and it's just really important. Good. And your testimony never ends. I mean, God does stuff every day, you know, your testimony never ends. Because it don't have to be like a sit down, write a 20, 30 minute perfect uh, laid out uh, testimony, just like uh, the man ups at Kirkley. Sometimes you just stand up and you just kind of say, or five minutes, ten minutes uh, testimony that just really it helps you to get up there and speak, and you know you realize what you have seen, what you have happened, and just uh, really confirms it to other people of uh, these things are really happening out there now, to where uh, a lot of people I think just didn't uh, really believe that uh, a lot.
lot of things, a lot of this stuff would happen. I'm um, getting here pretty close to our hour mark, or a little over an hour. Uh, we'll go around the room, and uh, if I can remember the question, uh, just kind of a praise report or something that the Lord has really uh, revealed to you lately that would encourage somebody. Well, I'm, I've already said it, but the uh, seeing God's glory poured out of, over a bunch of kids at Encounter Camp has to be, i got to give Him praise for that. Um, another thing is... Um, I uh, got word Sunday that I'm going to be the new youth pastor at, oh, wow. at Kirkwood Chapel, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, my brother had been doing it for quite a while, but um, I'm going to I'm going to take it over. He's going to help me get in started on it, and I'm going to take it over because he's got bigger things going. You know, he's he's been preaching, doing some sermons here and there, and uh, doing really well with that. So I think God's got a plan for him somewhere else. You know, maybe in a pastor role and. And How'd I, that kind of come about? I remember you kind of mentioned that to me uh, just the other day, and all of a sudden Tom uh, announced it at well, church. Well, I just got a fire for kids. I um, always have, uh-huh. you know, um, always had a desire to teach kids or to coach kids or something. And, and and now that I'm seeing Jesus work in these kids' lives, it's just amazing. You know, I, I want to be a part of it, and if I can help help walk, well, help them walk with Jesus, you know, that's something that's really important to me. So it just kind of, God just kind of had a plan for it. I, I feel like, uh, kind of gave bring me, that up to your well, dad he kind of gave me a vision for it. And when I, I kind of mentioned it to dad, you know, I said, I'd like to do something with the youth sometime. And, and he said, Oh, he said, I think that's God's plan now. I think it's, you know, I think we need to do it now. And kind of got confirmation from Braden when my brother, when he asked him about it, he's like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's time too. So it was just God, it was just God's timing. Um, and uh, I'm excited about it. Oh, I bet. You're going to do great at it. That's one thing about Tom, just with all five of us, just any time that I've come to him with a word that the Lord's already told him, and he's then it's just on. He's always one step ahead of you. Yeah, always one step ahead. <laughs> Me? I've just, there's several. Um, we, can't, we can't forget. I've just seen so many miracles in this last, say, six or eight months that we can't forget that I have to talk about. Uh, first of all, being me and my father-in-law's relationship just grow and, and our love for one another grow, just remembering what it was, and then now we have God, and just, I love him. I, I love all these people that I'm surrounded with. Uh, I can openly tell my dad that I love him, and I never have in 30 years, and that's so powerful, and that's God. Um, when my mom used to tell me, you know, I love you before she hung up, I was one of them stubborn kids that never said it. I don't want to go a day or a second without telling my mom I love her. Um, I just I remember that cancer on my father-in-law's face. We can't forget this that that God healed that right in front of all of us. Uh, we we got to see that miracle. We got to see it just literally fall off his face, and that was just being obedient and getting prayed over with oil and uh, people laying hands on him and just uh, people believing in it. Um, another is my dad got sick not long ago and I just remember being in a bible study and mom texting and saying uh dad's not well and he's coughing up blood thinks he has a hole in his lung and uh we didn't waste any time and we went right over there and prayed over him after bible study and I I just thank my father-in-law I thank Thane I think Quentin Hogan I thank everybody for their obedience just to push that through because little me didn't want to go over there you know I was like oh you know they'll be nervous dad don't want that you know and so we walked right in, and, and we'd done it, and Dad was so thankful for that. And I just remember I just remember after we got done praying with him that it's just you could – I just felt it. I knew. 
I knew. And the next day, Dad said, uh, slept the best I have in a long time. Praise God. And he said, the hole's gone. And he said, praise God. And that that's, if you've known my dad at all, I mean, that's just not him, just to text number one and then to say that. And it's just, uh, that encouraged me so much. And I can't forget that. And I, I got to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, another would be Thane, my, my brother-in-law. Uh, we were in Texas visiting down there at Molly's. And uh, I just remember him getting a call while we were in the restaurant and just all, all of our worlds turning upside down. He got a call that, his son was getting rushed to the hospital, and he just uh, he had a hernia. The doctor said, and he's gonna have to do surgery, emergency surgery. And it just he's he's ten hours away, and um, we just instantly went outside and gathered in a circle and prayed. And I just remember right then, just like a peace came over us that he just. I remember Thane praying, and he said, "God, this is your son. It's not my. You're in control." Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what had to happen. And and it was not. Two minutes later, he got a call. It seemed like two minutes, and and uh, Cooper didn't even have a hernia. He wasn't going to have the surgery, and we just want to give God the praise. And yes, I don't want to forget these things. Um, yeah. Need to as we get caught up in the world, uh, we forget all these miracles that we've seen. And I just want to tell somebody about it. So that's awesome. Yeah, just uh, that's something we've you know we just kind of take some of these uh, miracles for granted and not uh, not telling. We're always looking for that great big you know getting some something huge but i mean just these small testimonies are just as powerful that we just uh, sometimes forget about well and really brian yours your cancer being healed was one of the one of the first really uh steps of faith that helped me you know whenever i started coming back to church and really really getting back with the Lord and, and seeing yours be healed really strengthened my faith, you know, and me too. And, uh, you know, it's just so powerful and, and he does these kind of things every day, right? You know, that's the thing to remember, you know, and, and now, you know, in the growing of all of our faith, you know, we, we prayed over, we pray over people quite a bit, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and to be honest, whenever we pray over them, we ask, for them to be healed in Jesus' name, I truly expect it to happen. Yes. You know, it's. Yep. I take him at his word. You right. know, he says, you know, pray, anoint their head with oil, pray mm-hmm. over, and in Jesus' name, and I will do what you ask for the person to repent of their sins. Right. And, right. And and I mean that if you believe the Bible to be true and you believe every word to be true then when you pray those things, believe them because he is, he is always faithful and he, and I believe he will do what you ask. That's right. Yeah. This, uh, I'd read this the other day, uh, John 14, 12. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name, and that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name, and I will do it for you. Yeah, when I pray over somebody, I believe it's going to happen. I just yeah. don't have no doubt. It always it doesn't, but it doesn't uh, take well, my I've, faith any. And I've seen him heal my son's ear infections several times, you know, I mean, probably three or four times. We've prayed over them. They've had ear infections, and he's healed them. 
And you Jesse know, it, got healed the other day. Yep. Yep. And and I mean it it just it happens all the time and you just you you it's like Brian said, you get caught up in the world and you get to thinking about other things and you forget to tell people what what miracles he's done, you right. know. I think I'm most thankful, honestly, for the uh, friendships that I've kindled through this. And, uh, you know, it's just a wonderful feeling. Uh, like, you know, going to church, uh, that means a lot to me and my family. And, you know, honestly, you know, you've all been a vessel for me. And, Brian, you have as well. The Man Up deal's been awesome. But Quentin's dad, Tom, he holds us special place in mm, in my sure. heart and you know in my relationship really he's got a he's got an obedience and a boldness about him but yet he's he's gentle enough for Jackie to handle you know he yeah. he speaks the truth but it, it's a awesome awesome way he has about doing it it, it just draws you to go there and then uh, you know he's just done so many good things for me in my life since I started this I mean that uh, I got to walk my daughter down the aisle you know she got married you know I'm gonna I'm getting ready to get married um, just so many good things that I don't feel like would be here, you know, if it wasn't for my walk with God. Right. Yeah, Tom, he's awesome. Just uh, preaches some hard messages, but they're not, uh, you don't walk out of there with your head down. I mean, they're still uplifting. They're encouraging. It's not that tell you what you want to hear mega church stuff. They say, I don't, I don't listen to it, but it's, I never feel that, uh, if I feel convicted, great, but it's always encouraging. He's always there for you, uh, always uh, saying positive stuff to you. Just, uh, it's just awesome that uh, we get to go to church all together as friends and as Tom is our uh, preacher. Just really couldn't get uh, uh, much better than that. Will we all get to go there for the rest of our lives or will the Lord move us on? I don't know, but I think it's something we really need to really enjoy why we have the time. So that's what I, that's the same thing I've been getting is is to really enjoy what we've got going on because it is special. You know, and yeah. it is and it may not last forever. I right. mean, we we don't know, but but to just really take it in while it's happening. Yeah, someday there's you four guys might be preachers, I might be a preacher, you know, we all might get moved out. I mean, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and uh Sometimes the Lord just kind of moves you out as uh, prophets to other places. So I just think uh, it's such a wonderful time to go up there. I mean, it's exciting. Like you are going to a, a ball game or something, getting uh, ready to go up there and see everybody. Even the Wednesday night Bible studies have been oh, so it can powerful. Be even more powerful. I mean, it can be. It yeah. can be really powerful. The Wednesday night. Um, high school kid just got a high school got saved after a Bible study. Uh, now just the people going forward and. Uh, praying over them uh, sometimes. Another thing uh, neat about Kirkley is just people come for a Sunday or two just, to, I think, just to kind of see see what it is. And I'll tell people, and I'm sure you all have a story of it. Uh, I say, I go up to Kirkley, and the first thing they say is, I heard there's only standing room only up there. And I said, well, it's sometimes, but they need to get the kids back in the back. They'll find a seat for you. So that's just pretty cool. The word is out how... Uh, how the church is really doing it's all because of tom's obedience and just letting the spirit go mm-hmm. it's just i mean god it's glory to god you know um just a movement of god and the holy spirit and and you just allow it to happen and you work you know you operate in the gifts of the holy spirit and put jesus first and speak the truth that's yep. all it takes i mean you do that and god's going to start moving um right to speak the truth 
And it could happen in every church every if people church. if would let it. I mean, we're not special. No. Uh, Tom's a <laughs> no. special man, but I mean, he's uh, just like you know the rest of everybody else. He just uh, he's controlled by the Spirit. Just being open to the spirit and being humble. Humble, right. Well, anybody else got anything else they'd like to encourage anybody I, with? I was just thinking about Tom, and I know how he always says, like, the do what's right, come what may. That's the motto of Kirkley. And I know he always says, I just pray that I can stand, you know, in, in the times that are coming, the tough times, like the times that the world's going to bring on us where we have to choose that I can stand on God. And I just instantly, whenever he was saying that, I just felt in my pew like, you know, how they had to hold Moses' arms up mm. at the end because yeah. he was too tired. Um, I just wanted to let Tom know right then, and I never got to, that I was going to hold his hand, that, mm. that he can count on us to hold his hand and that he doesn't have to stand alone. That's right. And that I love him. Now, there's been some weeks, I think, I don't know, was you there last week or the week before? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we've all been kind of gone and just uh, it uh, – he likes having us up there, so it's cool to be up there to be with him. That's really a small feat to some, but I started going, I think, the first part of February. I've only missed one Sunday. Mm. So, I mean, for me, that's that's huge. You're really. pretty regular on Wednesday nights, too. Yeah, I think <laughs> I don't know that I've missed any. That's really regular. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I miss is just uh, having to be somewhere else, not uh, sitting at home screwing off, so that's, a, that's something. Well, and that, that speaks to the change Jesus can make in your life. I right. mean, how, how you can go from never going to church to never missing a, a time it's open, you know. Right. And barely wanting to set through it because you got to get home to an exciting ball game. But now it's like, i got to get to church because that's the exciting ball game. Right. You know, yep. I don't even care what time, you know, take the clock off the wall and let's just let the spirit move for a while, you know. Well, I know, a, Jackie, a few nights during Bible study, it'll get over at 8.30 or 9, and I get home at... 10 or 10.30, and she's like, well, what have you been doing? <laughs> and, you know, it's just awesome to sit around afterwards and visit. Oh, man. You know, the the fellowship of it's awesome. Oh, well, that's that's been pretty powerful. There's been a lot of things, uh, a lot of things happening after it's over with. A lot of praying over people. A lot of- oh, man. That, that's just my prayer, though, really, that, that every church everywhere across the nation or across the world would just – put their trust in Jesus and, and just let the spirit move and and just let God work because everybody needs, needs some of it. You know, I, I just pray that for every church. Oh yeah. That's that, very, the, very that good. a fire can get lit in every, at to every just, altar and to just let the spirit of religion out and the, and the spirit of Jesus. in. Yeah. 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 But it's not sitting around afterwards talking about basketball or softball. I mean, it's still just talking about talking about the Lord and the word and praying and praying. Yeah. yeah. A lot of praying. Um, thank you guys for all coming. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time.